0: Okay, well, we're here to start another episode of Transformation Alley. I'm Rich Folly. I'm the Chief Strategy Officer of 24G. This is a podcast dedicated to companies who are going through digital transformation, some of the trends and challenges they're seeing. And I'm sitting right now with Carl Norelius, who is the Director of Marketing Services for 24G, and we're gonna talk about what that means in just a little bit, and Jessica Mack, who's the Director of Programmatic Media. Welcome to you both.
1: Hi. Thank you, happy to be here.
0: Yeah, it's good to be here. You all are working in one of the fastest growing areas of our company right now, working with optimization of the Amazon platform and other platforms. I wanted to start with just a little discussion about what that actually means the amazon platform is growing so quickly we know that it has exploded over the last few years especially this last year and a half or so as uh, more and more of the purchasing behaviors of people have has moved online due to covid but can you talk a little bit about that marketplace what it's meant how it's growing how big it actually is
1: yeah we've had a dramatic shift especially in the last year and a half with all things covid into the e-commerce space and with the shift of shopping trends comes the shift from a business perspective of how brands and manufacturers approach their distribution channels uh, and understanding truly an omni-channel approach to retail marketing versus e-commerce. And um, Jessica and I were chatting earlier, and I think the most recent stat we've seen is that over the course of COVID specifically, the shift to e-commerce has fast forwarded the e-commerce space about five, five years ahead of time and amazon of course is a powerhouse when it comes to well all things digital retail if you will but when you look at specifically their like even their advertising platform and how they're approaching the different different ways to attract uh, an increased customer base your prime usage has now reached about two-thirds of all u.s households which dramatically is up from a third in like I think, 2016. So you think of like doubling just their footprint in prime eligibility alone, and then from an advertising perspective, as brands realize, like this is however you want to look at it, uh, something that we have to do in, in many cases. They're the third largest advertising platform behind Facebook and Google. They're now securing about 10% of that advertising revenue and market share, which has increased significantly. I mean, over 50%. They've grown their advertising revenue just in the last year and expecting an, uh, according to emarketer, expecting another 30% over the next year uh, climbing towards 30 billion in no time. So it just conti- everything continues to trend that direction.
0: Yeah, your your team, Carl. When uh, when the pandemic hit, uh, was one of the the areas of our company that just ex- exploded. I mean, while a lot of companies were shutting down or trying to figure out how to sort of navigate through, uh, you were hiring and adding people and trying to sort of navigate what was a, just a marketplace that was on fire. Uh, that sort of sort of challenge first of all if you could talk a little bit about what what covid was like and then we'll talk about some of the different aspects of the team and how jessica works with
1: you with dsp and some of the other things yeah i mean from a team perspective <clears throat> we've gosh more than doubled in size in in the course of really 2021 so far uh, in terms of internal resources and new programs and initiatives largely due to jessica's efforts on the programmatic side um, COVID in general has created new challenges beyond just e-commerce growth, many of which Amazon is openly facing, right, in terms of whether it's how to manage inventory, PPE equipment, new restrictions and regulations, who can sell masks, and is this actually legitimate hand sanitizer, and all the counterfeit issues that potentially come up from this kind of influx into e-commerce. The... (laughs) The operational challenges for many of our brands of getting products from overseas increased cost of goods and this is a this is the case for many different industries from hardwood flooring to selling the latest widget on an e-commerce platform so it just it's become much more complex in that sense and then you couple that with a platform or a marketplace that's expanding exponentially with like divisionally new services, so uh, I know we'll talk more about the, the various functions within the advertising platform. How Amazon's to some extent shifting their mentality over the last few years as well. But it's been a it's been a wild one.
0: Yeah, it has been a wild one. You talked about sort of the the platform growing more complex, which is I think why obviously why you've been so busy. Uh, companies really figuring out how to navigate this and and, and capitalize on it and optimize it. Uh, one of the areas that is really growing for you right now is on the programmatic side. And, and Jessica, I'd love to talk a little bit about, first of all, what is programmatic for people who don't know? Because I know people know that they want to sell things on Amazon. But this idea of uh, understanding the the person you're selling to and understanding what they're where they go and how they shop is is a big part of programmatic. Can you explain some of that first?
2: Yes, for sure. So in super simple terms, programmatic is the automation of media buying. Um, So what it does is it allows advertisers to buy media through an auction. So in the old days, um, you know, if you're a paint brand and you want to target new home buyers, you might go to Zillow and then you might say, like, I have five thousand dollars. I'm going to serve ads on Zillow for one month. It's great. You're definitely going to hit new home buyers, but you're also going to be hitting like the neighbors down the street that want to take a look at like the home renovation that happened. You're going to be looking at uh, targeting and spending money on like the friends of someone. So there's also a lot of waste there. Um, So what Programmatic allows is for you to target the person and not the site. So instead of going to Zillow... um, this paint company could then identify a new home buyer as someone that's going to open houses on the weekend, as someone that um, maybe is looking and buying other paint brands, um, someone that's looking up DIY blogs online. Um, So finding all this different data to identify who they are and then serving them ads across the internet, wherever they are. So it's a lot more efficient, it's a lot more effective.
0: Um, they, They talk about like that dollar spent when you're working on Amazon or working with programmatic is is essentially, you can track literally exactly how that dollar, how far that went for you. And, and the, the metrics and the analytics that come back is so different in the old days of like banner ads and things that were on a, on a random site.
2: Yes, exactly. So part of the benefit of programmatic because you're buying on like an impression by impression basis. So like an ad by ad basis, you can see Every impression that comes in, if you bid on it or if you didn't, and then the ones you did, like if it ended up driving a sale for you or a conversion or whatever it is that you're trying to drive. And especially with the Amazon DSP, where they've got the Amazon data that you're using for targeting and also the data that you're able to do to track through for a sale, you're getting that. That information in real time. You no longer have to wait to the end of a campaign. You're no longer just tracking click through rate. Like you're actually getting measurable metrics that mm-hmm. that tell you how it's performing, and you can use that to optimize throughout the campaign. So you're always driving improved performance as well.
0: Yeah. So how does like how do you guys work together? So like people who come on, they know that they want to have a stronger presence on Amazon. They want to make it onto the seller list. They want to get there in the top, however many, to so that they get noticed and can get in, and start driving sales. But how, how does How does your programmatic side work with the rest of the the Amazon marketing?
1: I mean, I think we're very much a solutions-focused organization in the sense that it largely depends on what the goal of the client is. So if they're looking for brand visibility um, and a large net and a lot of reach, programmatic can be a great place to start. Although programmatic has a ton of different advantages, but traditionally I would say it's looked at as kind of a top-of-funnel marketing strategy around building brand awareness Connecting with these users so then you can retarget them and drive them down this funnel towards conversion Whatever that is if it's generating leads or in Amazon's case driving a purchase Um, so we're very closely together in that sense the As you work down that funnel your pay-per-click or traditional search advertising Where you're targeting somebody for exactly what they're looking for as opposed to maybe Introducing a product or concept that they're not quite sure that they want yet Um, that's where search has a ton of power as it's often a conversion focused tactic. Uh, And then, and and these two systems work hand in hand, right? So as you drive more people to the product pages on Amazon specifically, that then increases this pool of people that you have the ability to target or retarget and just continue that cycle.
0: Yeah, we talked earlier, like, about the sort of the walled garden of Amazon and this idea of this kind of self-enclosed retail space. Well, we know people are all over the web, but increasingly Amazon's not just a a purchase, but it's a research like hub too, where you're finding out what you want to buy, you're reading all the reviews, you're seeing what's hot, and what's moving up the list, and you're getting a lot of guidance before you even pull the trigger on buying anything. That funnel that you talk about, that sort of, I don't know if there's like any research about how long it takes to sort of execute or or how it works. But this idea of knowing that your customer is often not ready to buy yet, they're coming in first to research, or they're learning about this, or there's a brand awareness element. And then there's a purchase component to it. And understanding that customer on the other end is something that I think that is, is difficult for, say, a new brand or someone who's selling something for the first time to really grapple with or understand. Um, you know, one of the things I, I've seen and read about DSP is that it, it was often thought to be something that was just the larger brands were really you know, participating with, with some of the programmatic opportunities that are out there. But I'm seeing in some of the trends that this is really being it's being pushed down. It's becoming accessible now to, to almost anyone selling on Amazon. Um, that's one of the trends I've read about. You can talk about that one, but I'm curious too about some of the other trends you're seeing in the space that our customers and clients and people watching might be interested in.
2: Yeah, for sure. So for the accessibility, I think that's a huge thing because especially, you know, with Amazon uh, moving to self-service for their DSP offering and everything, there's lower minimums and you don't need to spend a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars to see the impact of your your ad spend. Like every programmatic campaign can be customized to each brand, their budget, their needs to just make sure that we're driving the best results, um, whether that's sales, whether that's awareness, whether that's consideration. Um, so it really is something that is. Is going to work for every single brand, no matter what your budget, no matter what your goals are.
0: I'm curious, like the, the other trends, because you're seeing so much is moving so fast. I mean, literally keeping up with what's happening <laughs> is is hard. Um, but there's so many things that are unfolding right now in front of our eyes, especially on the on on the Amazon side.
2: Yeah, there are definitely a lot of things constantly changing. The biggest topic right now, I mean, it has been for the last couple of years too, is privacy. Um, So, with programmatic, one of the benefits that we talked about is like that one on one targeting. You can really narrow in on who that person is. That relies a lot on data that's available. Um, But lately, and more and more, um, government and then different big players in the industry, Google, Apple, are prioritizing consumer privacy over. Just marketing and advertising initiatives. So, Apple recently rolled out their IDFA update, which basically makes it so it's harder to get um, data to track people using their mobile phones. Um, that's when you go in an app and it says, you know, do you want the app to track you? And you get you get to choose. So, a consumer has the right to choose now. Um, And then Google made an announcement a couple years ago that they were going to no longer allow cookies to be used on Chrome. Um, That was originally going to take place in 2022. It got pushed to 2023. But basically, that's another way that uh, we're no longer going to be able to track people on their their desktops, like what they're doing online, what sites they've gone to, um, what else they're doing online, which will impact the targeting that we're doing, and it will impact attribution. So that's going to be a huge trend to keep up with. The impact of that trend is that programmatic is going to change pretty drastically in terms of how we're targeting, how we're measuring. Um, there's going to be a huge move to contextual targeting. It's already started. That doesn't. What use, does that
0: mean exactly? Contextual ta- yeah, targeting. Yeah. So
2: great question. So the way that you're targeting when you're targeting audiences, or you know, in that. Home buyer, or like new home buyer example, you're using audience behavior. That's someone that's like what they've done in the past. So they they purchased paint or they visited an open house. Contextual targeting is where you're not targeting someone based on what they've done. It's you're targeting based on the content that they're consuming on the page. So instead of targeting someone that recently went to an open house, you would target like listings of open houses online. Mm-hmm. Um, you would target. DIY blogs online. Um, so it's just more in the moment.
0: I noticed that, I mean, honestly, I know that people are concerned about privacy. I'm top of that list probably, but the other thing that I, I like is that the stuff that I'm served is stuff that I'm actually interested in. I mean, if you're if I'm on Instagram, or if I'm on Facebook, or if I'm on Amazon, The fact that there's things that I actually care about and that might actually be of interest to me um, is much more, it's better for me personally. If I'm going to have to look at ads, I want to look at stuff that I might actually care about
2: a little bit. That's a great point. So, that's a big push in the industry too is that, um, you know, it doesn't have to be an all or or nothing thing. Um, As long as brands and advertisers can show the value and show, like, you know, Rich, you want this to be personalized, this is. How we can do it is collecting your data. It's not a bad thing necessarily. Um, so as long as advertisers can do that, then we'll still get the data and we can still do that targeting. So it's just a matter of proving that yeah. we can.
0: Yeah, this is getting it is getting more complex though, and and. Carl, I think that's why your team is growing so fast. I mean, literally, the elements that you have to think about when serving your clients now is 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 grown so much since you first started this gig, you know, not too long ago. Um, And it it just is rapid. It's moving so rapidly. Is I guess my point. Can you talk a little bit about some of the different departments that you have on your team and some of the areas that they focus on, and how some of those have been new things that have sprouted up Mm -hmm. over the course of the last few few months, even.
1: Yeah, happy to. Uh, Largely driven by just the evolution of this space. Um, I mean, Jessica's team is definitely nearing the forefront of that growth, Uh, especially with, I mean, you touch on the privacy piece and walled gardens and some of the advantages of Amazon. Love to get Jessica's perspective on why Amazon is so unique within that ability, so to speak, at least for now, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of the growth of our divisions, search and social, social commerce is something that's going to continue to expand uh, industry-wide, right? Especially over the last, this five-year fast forward caused by COVID, uh, more and more brands have had to figure out ways to be effective within their advertising efforts with your traditional media channels, your retail media, media, your shopper marketing, that being put to the wayside and now budget available. We still need to drive the sales growth. So how do we do it? And in conjunction with just Amazon itself, you also look at other platforms like Walmart, for example, and their big push to e-commerce, right? The Instacarts and how much is now funneling, grocery is funneling through Instacart. Uh, All of these other platforms are now creating these e-commerce environments. One, because they didn't have as much over the last year and a half and really had to find a way, but also from a privacy perspective, right? They're needing to create this opportunity to aggregate their own data sets, which has a lot of weight and power behind it. From our perspective, it's staying in front of as much as we possibly can, uh, some of these new trends and initiatives by the the marketplaces themselves. Um, Merchandising has been an interesting one. So we have a full team dedicated to basically catalog setup, SEO, online merchandising for various different products. Um, Amazon specifically has seemingly over the last couple years, and from their perspective, pushed more towards a brand building platform than just strictly e-commerce exchanges and the traditional everything store. And so that's created some unique opportunities for us in leveraging things like 24G studio and photography capabilities and media services capabilities to help support these brands on that journey of how do I take what used to be such a static, basic, on white, couple images, couple bullet points, and this is all I had to work with, to now A-plus content, full brand stores, sponsored brand video ads, new ad formats that have much more of a creative engagement. Amazon Posts is something that rolled out uh, I guess what's, within what's the last Amazon year. Amazon Post? Think of it as like a social media feed, but for an e-commerce platform. So you can now follow brands within Amazon so as updates are made there you as a consumer you're getting more engagement with these brands and identification and I can only anticipate where this may go but it's it ultimately comes down to the data that Amazon has available for the one for the consumer and providing value. I mean they've done studies where like Amazon ads for example are a really low friction advertisement and when you think of it inside of the marketplace the ads look almost identical outside of the little sponsored or ad flag to all of the other listings. So many shoppers aren't even aware that it's an advertisement, it just happens to fall right in line with what they're looking for. All the way through these just engagement opportunities and the data, for the brands and manufacturers themselves to say, these are the different areas where consumers are engaging with my brand across these different media channels. You're almost building an omni-channel strategy with inside of one channel.
0: Yeah, it's wild. The the um, If you look at some of the storefronts on Amazon now, they're super robust. And like, you're, there's a lot of storytelling. Wow. There's, a, you know, like I, I read somewhere and at first I sort of chuckled because I thought, not nah, is it then? But someone called the art of Amazon, really, you know, like understanding all the nooks and crannies and details details and mm-hmm. fine points and nuances and ability to impact anybody who might get your page or who you want to come to your page and really being able to pull those levers. It's, it's more and more complicated. But that idea of the exchange, the social component is really seems to be growing a lot. There's already, in addition to just the comments that are there, you can ask questions about, does anybody use this with this? And does it work together if I'm going to go on a camping trip with that? And people respond back and forth to you now. It's become sort of a de facto social hub in itself, yeah. you know, inside the inside the platform.
1: And such a research for, well, so such a point for research, I should say. I was just talking to a customer the other day and it's like, unless I really need to do a deep dive in investigating these, generally speaking, like higher dollar value purchases where it's more of a financial investment, my first place to go is Amazon. It's not these other... It's not Bing, it's not Google, it's I'm going here to look at customer reviews. Um, there's the ranking algori- algorithm is <clears throat> widely trusted uh, in the sense that you know 70% of Amazon shoppers don't go past the first page. So if you're not there, and that's where consumers are going to shop, it's really tricky to gain traction. Mm. Um, and that's ultimately where these advertising platforms so So
0: how how do you all like uh, work with your clients to like help them with that storefront make the right decisions about how to present their products like think about the photography the imagery or or the the title detail page content overall like how how do you work with them on that and how do you uh help them figure out how to just get more eyeballs
1: i mean that's all that we do so um or at least our bread and butter we uh, we operate really as what's sometimes called a full service manufacturer rep firm in the sense that whether it's a brand new seller that's just getting started and they've got a product, they've got an idea, they're an inventor and they wanna figure out, okay, where do I even start through some of the largest brands on the marketplace on the first party or vendor side. Um, We'll do everything from product setup, SEO, product listing, detail page creation, A plus content, leveraging, building out brand stores. So all of those steps that aid in both, ultimately we kind of look at it as two factors, right? You've got traffic, how do we get more people to the page? And then conversion, now that they're there, how do we close them? Mm -hmm um and that unfortunately Amazon continues to roll out additional tools uh, as do many of these other platforms right that aid in both of those two levers
0: yeah what are they, they we've had people from Amazon in the office and they've talked a lot about some of the new tools that are that are being introduced on on the Amazon platform can you talk about some of the the new capabilities that sellers have on Amazon to really manipulate uh, their own presentations to really have more control over exactly what people see and and maybe to, to your point about the a plus content some of the new additions that are available on the on, on the site
1: yeah I think this goes back to even this focus of brand building right so more of the, I would say on the conversion side without getting into the advertising channels themselves but uh, A-plus content, being able to now add videos. Historically, I mean, years ago, you weren't really even able to include video assets into your Amazon product pages. So from an engagement perspective, that's huge. Um, the brand store, some testing of different uh, different creatives, I think can be a really powerful way to evaluate performance, right, in relation to click-through rates and conversion metrics. Um, the Amazon Live, for example, right? Where brands can literally go on the homepage and it's almost like a as seen on TV type dialogue of this is what our products product is or products are and this is how they operate. So they're testing a ton of different opportunities to do that. We're involved with a beta program right now that's in relation to sponsored brand video ads, which currently serve on mobile sites only or on their mobile app. So little short video segments that you've, if you're have you shopping on Amazon, you'll likely see those pop up depending on the topic that you're looking for, the products you're looking for. So those types of things are just increasing that engagement. And obviously, the more time you spend on the platform, uh, the more likely you are to deplete whatever's in your wallet.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm curious too, like on, on some of the other advances that are happening with the automation side, you know, like you talked, Jessica, about the sort of automated elements of DSP. Um, can you talk a little also about just how the entire, whether it's adwords and or keywords and and other elements and some of the um, some of the the technology side of being able to quickly move into a space? And I'm sure this is something you guys can share because we have. I know there's a couple of different tools, but I'd love to hear first on the DSP side, and we can talk about some of the ways we're helping our clients in other ways too.
2: Yeah, I mean, with the the DSP, you know, the the beauty of the DSP is that it is automated, so we can set really strong criteria about who we want to target, how much we want to bid on them, and then just let the system go and bid on, you know, millions of impressions, billions of impressions, and, and we can get the right ones back. And, you know, in terms of the updates that Amazon's doing on the the DSP side to make the the DSP even stronger and and perform better, they're constantly rolling out new targeting that we can test out. So a new inventory. So they just rolled out Twitch recently, Twitch audiences, Twitch inventory. They rolled out Fire tablet inventory. So there's just a lot more that we're able to kind of test and manipulate with in our campaigns.
0: Yeah, it's like a candy store if you're really into this stuff. (laughs) I mean, how do you know? I mean, like literally every client is different. Obviously, they all have different budgets, different number of SKUs, different ways that they work. I mean, one of our clients has got tens of thousands of SKUs and another one may have one or two, Um, you know, how, how do you help figure out the right strategy for each one of those clients that has completely different budgets and all that.
2: It all depends on, I mean, it all starts with what they really want to do. You know, is it more of an awareness? Is it more of a consideration or is it truly sales? Because there's a lot of different nuances with the targeting that we do, depending on who they're trying to reach and what they're trying to do. And also different ways that we optimize too. you know, if it's more of an awareness or consideration, we're going to try and get people to view the page and to to engage with the product, we're not gonna be as focused on driving that row as. But if it's sales, you know, those metrics don't matter as much. We're really, really focused on getting the most return for them, which is probably gonna mean, you know, targeting lapsed purchasers, targeting the competitive purchasers, and using a lot of that historical data to just spend as much money on that really narrow target versus kind of the broader um. Prospecting type of targets.
0: Yeah, it must be satisfying when, it, when it's working and <laughs> yes. people are excited <laughs> about buying things, there's more people. Um, on the other side, Carl, uh, with River Guide, which is mm-hmm. our sort of automated. Uh, system that's proprietary to 24G. Maybe you can explain sort of how you've woven that into the strategy over the last year and a half or two years and and how that's evolving too.
1: Yeah, I think Jessica is hitting on a lot of it, right? It's a combination truly of this automation plus this manual human oversight and largely driven based off your strategies. And so Yeah, we built this proprietary technology that uses Amazon data sets and a number of others, right? To basically, as effectively as possible, optimize campaigns and eliminate waste for our clients' goals to simplify it. Um, And that's done at a very granular level, right? When you think of um, someone who has 10,000 different products and you're running, that all may have somewhat slightly different targeting and there's some crossover between them. How do you then manage your advertising spend generally within budget limitations across thousands of different products and let's say each product has a campaign and on the search side you have hundreds of keywords per campaign so now you've got tens of thousands of individual levers that you can pull Um, and i think in order to effectively do that at scale you need some form of a technology solution and what we found is that what was on the market and available didn't quite fit with what we needed. Uh, the level of granularity and control that we were looking for, we're a very data centric group, um, as you have to be in the performance based marketing space. So that's where I think this, the tool itself is so powerful. And then you combine that with, having a deep understanding of what the client's goals or the brand's goals are, right? Are they looking for this top of funnel strategy? How do we set this up properly to optimize as effective as possible? Or are they looking for, gosh, I need as efficient as possible with maximum sales. Great, we can at least turn a couple dials and switches within the technology system to be able to to get as close to that as possible.
0: You mentioned earlier, too, that there's a some beta programs that we're a part of. How, how do how do you get involved in a beta program? And like when because Amazon is just constantly launching new tools uh, to the customers. How, how do you qualify for that? What does it require? How, how did 24G get to be a part of a beta program like some of those that you described? <laughs>
1: uh, a lot of banging on the door at Amazon, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I mean, our goal and it, Jessica touched on this earlier too, is really staying at the forefront of all these things that are moving, right? And in order to be as close to that as possible, we've developed some really strong relationships with with representatives at Amazon. They've recently formally rolled out, uh, I think it's called the Amazon Partner Network, where a select group of agencies are able to be a part of this collaborative atmosphere. I think Amazon sees the value that these agencies provide as as coaches and, well, guides, if you will. Um, and so for us, it was that that's where that journey started. And so we meet with them every couple of weeks, if not more frequently, uh, introductions to these new beta programs because they're ultimately looking for tests. Uh, and I think as an agency partner, we're able to provide some insight across a number of different verticals inside of Amazon itself uh, and, and the feedback of what's working and what's not working because we're in it all day.
0: We're in a bunch of verticals at 24G. There's a lot of different things that we do, but there's some yeah. there's some um, verticals in particular that seem to be popping out there. I mean, I see health and beauty just taking off on Amazon. I see pet stuff and kids and babies. But what are you guys seeing in terms of like where the real opportunities are for potential businesses or people <laughs> launching?
1: Chuck, because Jessica and I were talking about this earlier. I mean, the tricky part about this is, and to take a step back, Amazon actually had asked us this early on as we're embarking on this agency journey within Amazon like well, what category do you specialize in and like well I mean it's the everything store right so all of it um, and the reality is to be hyper focused on one category although there are nuances like in a professional or luxury beauty category within how Amazon's set up specifically the reality is your programmatic function operates the same. Your search traffic functions the same. Your product detail page setup, and generally speaking, the tools that you have focused on conversion, are comparable across the board. Uh, this last, so categorically, I've, it's in a very eclectic mix. Yeah. Um, industry wise, I think COVID itself has created some pretty dramatic shifts. So as Amazon's warehousing had to support the country um, and the world and everything that we were doing in terms of isolating and then still getting the equipment necessary from masks to toilet paper to hand sanitizer. I mean, it, it was pretty wild how they had to facilitate this securing real estate space inside of their fulfillment centers and still enabling other brands to sell their goods and services. So over the last year, Amazon's created a number of different scoring methodologies around inventory management and ensuring that you've got a consistent run rate and you're not just taking up space so they can ultimately uh, imagine make more money, right? No surprise there from Bezos, but... um, I think that's why their innovation is so progressive, right, is they're looking at these minuscule metrics in terms of space and time of how to be more efficient. And so for us, to go back to your question, category wise, um, we've specifically seen a big uptick in terms of health and beauty recently. But I mean, it really is across the board, especially as people were over the past year at home, right? What are these things that I used to be able to go out and do all of these other things in social settings? So whether it's puzzles, at home games, all these things that you might think have have grown, definitely have. Yeah,
0: I've loved uh, the the broad variety of 24G, the stuff that ends up in the sample pile here. This came (laughs) in this week, you can try this and there's like a little, you know, fun, kind of sampling some of the stuff that's coming through the doors every once in a while. It's yeah. kind of wild. Um, we talked a lot about obviously Amazon is is, is exploding, um, but, but online retail is exploding. And mm-hmm. so you, you, we have all these other opportunities too, uh, whether it's with Target or whether it's with Wayfair or Walmart as we talked about. What are you seeing in terms of, and Jessica I'll throw this one to you, in terms of um, some of the other retail sites and what our clients and others are coming to us for looking for from from some of those others, really sort of coordinating their sales efforts across multiple channels.
2: Yeah, well, with other retail sites, I mean, across the board. So with all the with covid, with the privacy updates, you know, all retailers now are understanding that these walled gardens are becoming more and more important because um, there's gonna be less and less data that's available in the open exchange. So their va- their data is gonna be more and more valuable. So all of these different retailer e-commerce platforms are building up their own DSPs and building up their capabilities to really compete with the other DSPs that are in the space. And so they're becoming more and more robust. Um, and then, you know, part of that too is that they're expanding and allowing their capabilities to not only serve so amazon for example not only serve within amazon but also use their data through them to target off-site as well because going back to you know the funnel that we were talking about and the purchase cycle and the length you know people aren't just shopping on amazon and staying on there they're also shopping across all these different websites they're going to amazon then they're going someplace else or they're going to walmart and then they're going someplace else and then coming back to purchase so it's important to be Everywhere, and to know how to leverage that data, and, and they're understanding that and building out these capabilities.
0: Yeah, are they on Amazon? Are you? Are they actually serving um, ads for things that are off Amazon now? Because they know that the people coming in are interested in fishing gear. So that they're if they're interested in fishing gear, they may actually be interested in this vacation in some fishing place uh, somewhere else. Um,
2: yeah. So there's a ton of different ways you can do it. They, um, you can you can absolutely do that. You can take media and use their platform to drive off-site. You can also place off-site and drive on-site. And they have this uh, referral bonus program where um, they're actually incentivizing you to um, basically bring everything, use Amazon for everything, where you can um, serve your media off of Amazon. And as long as you bring it to Amazon, you get the reporting and you also get a little bonus back from it.
0: What kind of jump is it when you move from like Amazon? Because that, that's how this started at 24G. It was really about selling stuff on Amazon. In fact, you know, we had people that came in who had worked at Amazon and that's how this business began here at 24G. Maybe you guys can help me understand the sort of differences between Amazon and some of the other platforms that I know you're now servicing as well for some of our clients. Um, and what is required as you move from all that Amazon expertise into another platform like, like Target, like Walmart, like some of the others that are now out there, these other walled gardens that are existing, is it a seamless move from one to the other? Or is there something, is every platform completely different?
1: Well, I can speak to it in general. I know the programmatic space is evolving pretty dramatically. Um, there are similarities, definitely, in the sense that you need traffic and you need to sell products, at least from a, a marketplace perspective. Each system has their own nuances of how to get products in approvals, different levels of content optimization, advertising. I mean, with Walmart's relatively new advertising platform uh, at the search level specifically, um, there are a lot. There's a lot of crossover. I would say Amazon has a head start, uh, and and they're using it uh, and still continuing to innovate uh, much more quickly. So, uh, in terms of ease of use, I. It's from everything that I've seen, Amazon still seems to be the, the powerhouse ultimately. Uh, but there, there's other, like Walmarts of the world are right on Amazon's heels for sure.
2: Yeah. And, and I would say from the programmatic perspective, when you're in those platforms, like Carl said, like there is a lot of crossover, the programmatic principles are the same, but there's definite nuances that you have to really dig in deep to understand. You know, they'll all have like a brand safety section, but They won't all describe exactly what that means, so you have to dig in deep to know what is their definition of it. And when they're using viewability, who are the partners that are powering that, and are those the ones you want to be using? And when they've got their data, how granular can you break it out? There's a lot of like deep diving that you would want to go in to make sure that you're doing it the best way possible.
0: Yeah, and we're seeing now too, like uh, on your team, Carl, like, um, you know, what was once, again, sort of a focused Amazon strategy. Now you're doing almost typical SEO with Google AdWords and other things. Mm-hmm. And people want their entire communication efforts sort of coordinated including, by the way, social listening and all the other elements that go into it. Um, h- how are you sort of feeding that for your clients and, and how many more people are you going to need to do some of these things? <laughs> as we go? How
1: many you got? <laughs> <laughs> Seems uh, like we need some more. Yeah, no question. Uh, I think there... I mean, that's just such an endless opportunity right now with e-commerce and digital marketing and performance-based marketing specifically. I think brands through um, what historically in, in like retail marketing and shopper marketing was a bit of a bit of a black box in terms of performance, right? It's like the difference of seeing a billboard on the highway that's one ad, and okay, we saw 100,000 cars drive by versus understanding who saw the ad, what did they do after the ad, what did they buy instead of buying what was on ad, what else are they interested in shopping for? You now have this very, very robust data set that you can leverage. And what brands ultimately are looking for more and more is what's called really a a true omni-channel strategy. So how effective and how profitable am I in these various different channels and having the ability to test at scale within their budget constraints. So if I wanna understand how search and social, like paid search, paid social is working in conjunction with if I drive traffic to Amazon versus driving it to my product page, what are the implications of a prime badge versus no prime? All of these questions that you may have around efficacy of your advertising efforts In many cases, I mean, we we have at this point a really good understanding of right out of the gate, this is where we'd point to you and what we'd recommend, but there's still this ongoing component of testing. It's this iterative innovation that's crucial to be effective within these channels.
0: Yeah, I think that one of the things that seems that that uh, and at least if I've I've seen is that our um, our team is is very hands on I mean with your clients I mean they they're literally yeah. there's a communication it's very human it's not I mean while automation seems to be the game right now with with Amazon and some of the other platforms that human connection seems so vital in helping people guide their can you talk about how you've woven that into your own strategies and and how you've you know sort of used that to differentiate
1: Yeah, I think that's the word really for me is the differentiator for us is we're really focused on the white glove service component of what we do We're we are a very data centric company, we've got a ton of analysts on the team, right, we built a technology system leveraging some monstrous data sets. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a clear understanding of what the goals are from the client, regardless of what technology you have, it's like somebody handing you word and saying like, well, this is all the things that it does, but without having some level of instruction and coaching and guidance and um, strategy, ultimately, uh, we found that it we're more ef- much more effective in that way. Uh, and so that's everything from weekly calls with clients to in-depth presentations of granularity of like item level profitability, and helping to understand what advertising levers should we be pulling, but then bumping that up against, well, what is that your goal? Are you trying to be profitable here, or do we just wanna get as many sales as we possibly can to drive organic rank and ultimately growth and awareness within the platform?
0: Yeah. First couple of years that I worked here, Carl, sat in an office, Uh, that has a big glass window in the front and um, was on a phone call literally every minute of the day, constantly on a call. And I I wanted to just put an on the air thing out there. It looked like he was like a DJ, like like broadcasting 24G. Could never leave the fishbowl, was there all day long, client calls like just yeah. half an hour 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 and then 16 of those later you would go home or 18 of those later <laughs> after the day you go home you know it was
1: kind of a fun way to yeah i don't know, know how work. much has changed actually outside <laughs> of the location uh, yeah. and that's still the focus now i have a lot more help i mean we've got a phenomenal team of a ton of experts within this crew just like jessica who i think believe in what we do the effectiveness, I mean, it's proven effectiveness is one of the other great things you talked about. Yet much still rewarding when you got a campaign that works. And and I think that's something that so much of what we do does work through years of trial and error and practice and sitting in webinars and beta programs and being close to the platforms themselves. Um, so I'm maybe not on the phone quite as much, but uh, it's definitely still there.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely saw do. that white glove in action for sure. Um, I'm curious about how you both came to this career. I mean, uh, Jessica, you know, you have this knowledge base. Now you've been working in this for a while. What drew you to this for one? And like, where did you come from? And where did it, how did you pick this up?
2: So it's kind of funny. So I always knew I wanted to be in marketing and I actually started in strategy. Um, I was a strategic planner at first because I just loved the idea of like understanding someone so well and like using this uh, data to kind of like figure out what their motivations were um, to then craft a message that you could, I don't want to say manipulate, but you know, you could convince them that this is the product that they never knew they needed. I loved that idea. Um, So I, I did that for a couple years and then At the agency I was at at the time, they started up a media department and they asked if I wanted to join it. um, And I loved the person that they had leading the department. So I was like, sure, let's do it. Um, So I went in. I knew nothing about programmatic, I had never done a single digital media buy. Um, That was in
0: 2015.
2: Wow. Okay. So. Yeah, so I never, I didn't really even know the basics of media buying, but slowly but surely, you know, we built it up and then um, I dug in so deep on programmatic. And as soon as I started learning about the media buying and programmatic especially i kind of was hooked because it's you know it's always changing there's always something to dig into there's so much there that i just thought that it was so interesting and you can still craft those strategies um every programmatic buy has this like really specific strategy to try and reach people on a certain target that um i think it all really comes full circle
0: yeah i think in 2015 uh like the, the campaigns were still so rooted in some of those old school thinking about like just sort of banner ads like like the billboard you talked about and not necessarily Mm -hmm. being able to track or knowing where people were going or what they actually even wanted or how many of them were actually interested in the message that that must have been just the most exciting sort of switch to sort of get into being able to really get into the group of people that actually cared about what you were talking to them about.
2: Yep, for sure. And at the time, too, you know, when I first got into working in the first DSP that I was in, it was pretty basic, there wasn't a lot of different targeting strategies that we could do, and then eventually they brought in, you know, you could do better contextual targeting, you could get better third-party data to, you know, identify, you know, purchasers of a specific product versus just, you know, general, if they've been searching online for something. And so it's definitely evolved throughout the years, and it's been really exciting to be, like, see it grow.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not done, it's like yeah. exploding still. <laughs> it's scary fast. Carl, um, I know that you lived in Seattle, so you have proximity and, and uh, to Amazon, <laughs> but talk to me about how you came to this business yourself.
1: Uh, well, <clears throat> a long journey across the United States, it feels like, but looking back from a passion perspective to a little bit hit on kind of where Jessica was going with this, I mean, one of my favorite courses in college was Persuasion and Social Influence, and that naturally gravitated to sales and marketing and training through some OEM automotive. Um, originally got introduced to 24G, although was not part of the company, uh, but aware of all the cool things that 24G had been doing over the years from an innovation perspective. I mean, all, whether it was the shiny object at the trade show to some r- really interesting tactics for training and gamification and engagement at scale, um, which we did some really neat programs together over the years, and then I ended up at a software startup as a VP of sales for a performance-based marketing platform uh, as a SaaS solution that was not search-driven, it was much more of like an affiliate marketing tracking system, um, which was an amazing learning opportunity. And uh, after a phone call from Scott Wiemels, our CEO, uh, about an interesting opportunity here over five years ago. I've launched this division from scratch and it's just been growing exponentially <laughs> ever since.
0: It is cool how it came to be, how how our sort of, um, what we used to call Amazon in the house, you know, like right. our <laughs> Amazon marketing, you know, like, and that's what it was. That's pretty much all, you know, what you guys were focused on. But it is kind of cool how it was built as a, a little bit of a bubble startup within this company. And yeah. it felt like a strange sort of child, you know, like it had like <laughs> a stepchild component to it for a long time. Now it feels so integrated into the technology capes of what we do as a company at 24G. It feels so natural. And in fact, you can't really be in this business and not have deep understanding of how technology influences people. And I'm curious if you could both actually talk about sort of the combination of the marketing and the explosion of these platforms and working with a digital media agency like 24G and how that combination might might help. I'll start with you, Jessica.
2: I think it just really, is a good platform to be able to explore. Um, you know, you, you never get into the status quo of like, we're doing it, we're done. It's like, well, what's next? What more can we be doing? What more can we test? Um, what other platforms or targeting or capabilities are out there that we can test in a way, like make sure it's actually going to perform for us and it's going to um, you know, help us achieve our client's goals better. Right.
0: I think, too, Carl, just yeah. to kind of tee you up, um, the, the idea of the walls coming down between the two sides of, yeah. of this business and the fact that so much is now streaming into the video production side and some of the digital components and the brand building and the engagement that has always been at the heart of 24G and now how it's just feeding into what you're doing and building here.
1: Yeah, I think one of the, one of the cool things about this marketing services group is it's been just such an easy, simple addition S- simple but easy addition into 24G's suite of services really as a full service digital agency um, I mean as a whole 24G does an amazing job in experiential in training in cloud enterprise systems in so many other areas and there was this the the marketing in a traditional performance-based marketing area was one that I think just hadn't been explored and w- I mean even to Jessica's point in regards to innovation, you think it looking at amazon for example right they have this day one mentality uh, that bezos has been adamant about where it, you're always improving right it's not you're what is it what do they say success is only rented and it's not owned and i think that's something that as a company we really embrace is this process of innovation that great we've we built something amazing what's next to Jessica's point um, and, and culturally. I mean, one, we don't have a choice <laughs> in terms of this right. industry is moving so incredibly quickly, but uh, that's embraced from top down or bottom up, if you will.
0: Well, uh, you guys are, as I said, um, you both are, are involved in, in one of the most exciting, exploding areas, not just of commerce, but really of technology out there right now. And, and our client base is so broad, so wild, so different in some cases so big, in other cases, you know, sort of startups, as we've talked about. It's such a variety. No day is the same, man. I mean, everything is, like, cool. different all the time. Um, and and I, I don't know where it's going to go next, but I know that it's going to keep evolving and there's going to be more of those th- walls coming down between the two sides of our company.
1: Yeah, no uh, question.
0: And I, I appreciate you both spending time uh, with us at Transformation Alley, 24Gs. Um, awesome new digital podcast that's out in the world at the moment. And for all of you uh, watching, uh, don't forget, you can follow 24G on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. And you can find lots more about our company at 24G.com. And thank you, Jessica, for joining us. Thanks, Carl. I have a feeling we'll be talking to you guys again because there's so much happening that we uh, will need to keep up on. Just moving
1: quick. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Yeah, thank you both.